The ranking show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Every single week in the ranking show, we talk fantasy football rankings. Obviously, you know that we here at the ranking show love football, but speaking for myself, I also love the Nutcracker. I love going to it every single year right around Christmas time, and you are able to find tickets just like that to the theater, to concerts on game time the best way to get tickets for not just sporting events but for any sort of event that you're looking for the game time app is simple quick and easy to navigate download the game time app in the google play or app store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60 percent off Welcome in to a special edition of the Fantasy Football Ranking Show here at The Athletic. I am Michael Beller, joined as always by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. I say special episode because you've heard our ranking shows every single week this season where we go over week by week who we like, who we don't like at every single position, and that is for that week. We are blowing this up way beyond just a week, way beyond just a season. We are celebrating the end of of the decade with our all-decade fantasy football team, and that is what the three of us are going to decipher, figure out, and nail down right here in this special edition of The Ranking Show. Jake and Brandon, this is a big task being thrown to us. I hope we can handle it. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. It's daunting, but I'm uh, I'm excited about this. This will be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh... We'll hammer it out. I think we we can handle the the best of the best because we are. <laughs> there we go. Right. This is the uh, the all decade team of podcasters right here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, you know, you get no argument from me. Absolutely. Well, uh, you can follow Jake on Twitter at All and Kid. You can follow Brandon at Brandon Funston. I am at M Beller. Uh, really quick, just some of the same housekeeping that we do every single week. Uh, you go to theathletic.com slash the ranking show. Get yourself forty percent off a uh, annual subscription to The Athletic. Be sure to check that out. Get all the goodness uh, that you need, including uh, all-decade shows for basketball, baseball, and hockey. You have all of those as well right here at The Athletic. Uh, Check that out for sure. Check out our subscribers-only show to this episode where we do talk about just the week itself every single Friday with me me and Derek Van Riper. And of course, Jake Brandon and I doing our regular weekly ranking show every single Wednesday. If you're listening to this in the free universe, please rate, review, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. It definitely helps us out if you take those couple of minutes to do just that. So guys, I think we got to uh, jump right in at the quarterback position. A few good candidates. We talked about this uh, over the uh, the weeks leading up to uh, to taping this show. We, uh, we debated some players back and forth. Uh, quarterback was a robust one. I think we had it narrowed down to a handful of guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady being the three that we really focused on. Uh, Jake, I'll let you introduce uh, introduce our guy here. Who are we going with, and why do you think we should be going with him? 
Uh, for number one, I think it's pretty common to for most people that have experienced owning him in Aaron Rodgers because I know you have the injury in there, but it's hard to find quarterbacks in general that haven't missed a little bit of time. I mean, even when you said, you know, you talk about Tom Brady, a complete missed season and everything like that. And uh, I think when we get to the discussion of why not, uh, there'll be a different reason for that. But I mean, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who at the peak of his career was also including the rushing yards. Uh, he still runs a little bit nowhere near what he was doing, but you're talking about 20 plus points a game every single game. I remember writing an article a few years ago and I was hyping Tyrod Taylor to say, you know what? He's not the worst option. He's a low end QB one because he scores 15 points every single week. And I wrote that article saying he's the only QB to score at least 15 points in every single game. The only person who came close to him was Aaron Rodgers, who missed by one game and everybody else was two plus uh, Aaron Rodgers is the model of consistency. Uh, we see this year, even what he's doing right now with what is a, a makeshift wide receiver core after Devonte Adams and Devonte Adams has missed time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was just number one, number two, number three for year after year after year where he finished in on points per game. He, he's just, I, I honestly, I think you can put other ends of the conversation, but I think he is the number one. Uh, yeah, I think to me, it's really a one A and one B and you can argue this, uh, you know, I mapped out their, their overall finishes in fantasy scoring for each year of the decade. And, you know, really, if you go back to 2009, I know we're going 2010 to 2019, but if you really go back over the last 10 full seasons, Aaron Rodgers has been the number one fantasy quarterback, four of those seasons and number two, two of those seasons. So six out of those 10 years. He was a top two fantasy quarterback. It's just elite upside. And a lot of times, you know, much of the value is, okay, He, you're drafting Aaron Rodgers as the number one quarterback. You know, how often does the guy that you draft as the number one at a position return number one value? And so many times Aaron Rodgers did that. Um, you do have the two injury marred seasons in 2013 and 2017, uh, you know, where he played roughly about half a season both of those times. And, that's why Drew Brees gets into this conversation because Drew Brees never missed a game until this season, 2019. You look back at the last 10 years, he was 16 games every year and finishing top six in almost all of them. So if you want to argue Drew Brees in terms of just, uh, you know what, he never he never missed time and he was a consistently uh, top-end QB1 kind of guy, I think that's fair. He just didn't quite have that that overall ceiling when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Yeah, you know, I went uh, I went Drew Brees. Uh, they, he was my vote. You guys both had Aaron Rodgers as your number one guy. Drew Brees was my number one uh, because of that consistency, because he was uh, year in. He didn't have that, that full-on ceiling for as long as Rodgers had it, but he did have that year in, year out. You knew you were getting a top five or six quarterback without question uh, in Drew Brees, which is why I went with him. Uh, he had the most passing yards in the decade, and uh, nothing that goes on the rest of the 2019 season is going to change that uh, but I totally see where you guys are coming Rogers was my second and uh, this is uh, this was a, a one where you know we could have gone either way uh, there are a few other positions we'll talk about in a little bit where I think that uh, there were some hard and fast yes or no but on the quarterback here Rogers or Breeze there was really no wrong answer uh, we land on Aaron Rodgers as our guy as our quarterback for the all uh, decade team but uh, Breeze for me right there with him certainly uh, uh, deserved honor however for Aaron Rodgers yeah, the problem that I just had with Breeze is just if we stopped it two years ago, back in 2000 or three years ago, technically with 2016, 
I'd be more inclined to take Breeze, period, overall, even without the rushing upside because the yards and touchdowns were ridiculous. It was 21, 22, 23 points a season, every single season. But just the way that this team has turned recently, and we're including those seasons, it's that that gave it the slight edge. And, you know, there, I mean, there's others that it's just the fact of where the decade lands. You know, Peyton Manning right. would be in this conversation if we were doing late 2000s and early 2010s. And, you know, Tom Brady... Honestly, you know, if you got to include that 2007 season, might jump into this conversation too because he was up there as well. But because we're doing this decade, you know, you kind of cut those guys off. And then if I'm including the past couple of years, uh, the one that we didn't even bring up, you know, it's it's the down seasons that really killed him. But he was kind of like, I feel like we have to mention him because Cam Newton won people leagues. I mean, Cam Newton, if you pick the right season, especially because the like the off year was you were getting him in the second to last round, and he's the number one quarterback, and it's it's like Patrick Mahomes, not even close to the second place guy type of season. But it's just the inconsistent. Unfortunately, it was the inconsistency with him. But he was he was a league winner for multiple seasons, just picking the right seasons. Yeah, I mean, you, just to just to piggyback on Cam Newton's been in the league since 2011, his first year, no one gave him any kind of, you know, expectation to be an impact player in fantasy, and he finished as the number three fantasy quarterback. And so in five of his nine seasons, he's been in the top four and, you know, top three in four of those. So, I mean, he has been elite, as, as Jake mentions, just been the down seasons 2014 played 14 games and finished 17th overall 2016 he finished 15th overall last year number 10 and then this year as we know he's hardly seen the field and uh his future seems a little bit in doubt or at least in carolina in doubt so uh yeah nah. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think i think it really comes down to when you want to look at overall consistency it has to be either aaron Rodgers or drew Brees, and i do think there's a really good case that drew Brees. uh could be the number one guy here too. To me, it's splitting hairs is almost a 50, 50 call. It yep, definitely. We're going to have that conversation about splitting hairs in 10 years with Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right. <laughs> when we get, when we reconvene for the uh, 2020 to 2029 all decade team, it'll be those two guys a little bit different a style uh, than what we saw out of uh, Rogers and breeze uh, for this decade of the 2010s. But we go with Aaron Rodgers by a nose over Drew Brees as the quarterback of our all-decade fantasy football team. Let's move on now, you guys, to the running back position. Now, here uh, we had a lot of candidates, and I was a little bit surprised when I started uh, going back over the history at who the guys were going to be in this discussion. It became pretty – there were a few we knew uh, who were going to be in for sure. It became pretty clear uh, as we started sifting through the names who was going to be just a little bit stronger – than the others. The first one I want to start off with is someone who is more a back half of the decade guy. Uh, Brandon, I'll go to you first because I believe you had him as your number one guy too. I did as well. Why Le'Veon Bell makes this all-decade team. Yeah, I mean, well, in look, you can go through all these running backs and they, you know, they really you really have to judge them by about a four-year span because not many of them were consistently uh, great for a decade long. So you're looking at impact players over typically a three or four year span. And that's what Le'Veon Bell has been. You look since he came into the league in 2013, he's that's what six seasons. Of course, the holdout season really, it was a missed opportunity for him to just, you know, windmill slam dunk this team as his, his own. Um, so that holdout cost him a little bit in, in, in our overall probably grading, but 
three three top three finishes at the running back position. You know, he had one year uh, where he only played six games. That hurt him, but he had top 13 finishes in the other two seasons. So five out of the six seasons that he's played, um, he's been a, a, a has been a top uh, 13 running back and three times in the top three. And really, if you if you judge him on on uh, per game average, every time he's been out there, you, you've usually been covered pretty well in fantasy. And that's my problem. If we were talking per game average, he'd be number one and he might be number one with nobody else having an argument for him. My problem is I think you're both out of your mind because <laughs> he had no, because he had one 16 game season. And that's the point like that. Like I would love to put Le'Veon Bell number one to what you just said. And that's why I focused on that point, Brandon. The per game average is what made him so good. But six games, as you mentioned, 13, 16, 12, 15, he's always missed games and he was always somebody that you either made sure you had your handcuff and i hate tying up a second roster spot just for a handcuff and yes d'angelo williams who i do a show with as everybody knows on this network proved you step in for especially that six game season and you dominate in that backfield so it was an easy pickup but you have to draft two guys for one and that's the thing if we're talking about all decade i'm not talking about i'm not besmirching Le'Veon bell as a player besmirching his greatness and the per game numbers show it but if we're talking about all decade, I'm not picking a guy who played one 16-game season, whatever the span might be, four years, six years, 10 years, whatever it is, and I, I just can't do it. He had you there every year, though. I mean, even those games, that he, even those years he wasn't playing the full 16, he had you right at the top of your league every single year, which is why I give him the pass, personally. Now, 2016, four games is a lot to make up. I, I, I just can't do it. Well, well, and, and then he, not to he's mention got two, a nice schedule well, the rest of the way. He might end up finishing inside the top ten at the running back position when it's all said and done this year. This year, 12. that's that's yeah, but you know that's volume this year and not. I mean, points per oh, game. You want to talk about? It. He's he's got. Like I think I think the big opportunity lock for him was just a complete holdout year. I mean, if you give us a, a season played for last year, then that's where I'm saying that this was a this was a slam dunk. He didn't have it though. And I'm I know, he didn't I mean, have it. Yeah. yeah, he was my number one guy because of what the the peak was. And I think that uh, what you said, Brandon, off the top about you know really considering these guys in four year windows uh, is is a smart way to think about this. Uh, and that's why Bell uh, ultimately over uh, over Jake's objections uh, gets into the team. Now, Jake, you did have your your two guys are two guys who I think we definitely need to talk about. One of which we have in the team. One of whom who we don't. Although we do have one spot left open that we're going to debate uh, toward the end of the show. Our flex spot. Our second running back is Adrian Peterson. We all had him toward the top of the list, right? He was the guy who started the decade. Le'Veon was the guy who finished the decade. Maybe Le'Veon took the middle and, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, those guys took the back end of the decade. But Adrian Peterson is the guy who really started the 2010s with a bang. Yeah. And, you know, I wish like I actually, Adrian Peterson wasn't even my top choice because this is one where he's kind of hurt. Well, not kind of hurt. He's very hurt without having those first three seasons. And this, you're just talking about 2007 and then go through 2013. I don't even think there's a conversation because you know what he did in every single one of those years? Double digit rushing touchdowns every single season. And he missed some games. But And we just had that conversation with Le'Veon Bell. And it's very hard for running backs to not miss games. But there was only one year where he didn't play 14. So it was 14, 16, 16, 15, 16, 14, and then the one year with 12, which he still had 12 rushing touchdowns. So to make the argument, which you guys are using for Le'Veon Bell, I think it's there for Adrian Peterson. 
obviously he takes a little bit of a ding in full PPR, half point PPR. It doesn't even really matter. Non PPR, obviously he's a beast. I think the biggest, like you said, the biggest ding is we're doing this decade. You lose 2014. He comes back and surprised. I mean, he was MVP 2015, bounce back player, like everything. And then, but 2016 is miserable. 2017 is miserable. Last year was okay. And you kind of give him a little bit of a pass for having a good season, even with the Redskins. But I think that's the biggest problem is AP can't claim the number one spot. For me, he wasn't even number two because I would go the other guy we didn't mention and then Le'Veon Bell and then AP. Yeah, you know, that first half of the, the decade was really good. I mean, number five, uh, top five in 2010, then 12, then number one and number nine in 2013. Then Jake mentions the injury ACL season in 2014, and he comes back off of that. And that's what we talk about him having uncommon blood type that this guy is just not of no, not one of us. Uh, he comes back and he was number two fantasy running back. And I just think speaking to is, is just insane athleticism last year, last year, 2018, he finished as uh, RB 18. And yeah, I mean, that was completely a shock to all of us. Not, it wasn't a great year, but it was a very usable year at a point in his career when we thought he was all done. And uh, you know, you, you know, like I said, he's just uncommon with his athleticism. And if you include those few years before the decade started, as Jake mentioned, yeah, it's absolutely no contest. Yeah, really tough to ignore what he did uh, early on in this decade. That's why he uh, ultimately got in here. He was also uh, the only guy who got uh, who got big votes from from all three of us, I, I suppose, at this uh, running back position. Uh, other guys we talked about, we, we mentioned Jamal Charles. Uh, we mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. Marshawn Lynch was someone who we talked about. One guy who I do want to discuss, even though he's not going to be one of our top two backs, we might get back to him in the flex discussion. So we got to bring him up here. He got a third place vote from me at running back. He got a first place vote from Jake, but he was nowhere to be found on Brandon's ballot, and that's why LaShawn McCoy is not one of our top two running backs. Jake, I'll go to you first on LaShawn McCoy. Uh, what's what, what's wrong with Brandon here? No, no, he hates LaShawn <laughs> McCoy. Why do you hate LaShawn McCoy, Brandon? LaShawn like, <laughs> McCoy was, I mean, this is the guy that was the PPR darling before PPR was even in full force, and if you look at what he did year after year after year, I mean, his worst seasons are similar to Le'Veon Bell is when he missed 12 games and he's still putting up 17, 20, 19, 14, 13, 18, 14. Like he's always hitting right around that 14 or better on the fancy points per game. And the best part about it is he was just a workhorse of not missing games. That 12 game season was the only one for five straight years where he didn't play at least 15 games. And then he had another one with the first year with Buffalo, as we know, and then bounces back similar to Adrian Peterson. Has 15 games with Buffalo with 13 rushing touchdowns, which was the second highest of his career since way back with 2011, which is that anomaly season that we can say with the Eagles. I got to tell you, like, I, I, LaShawn McCoy was my first place vote. It was, it was year after year after year for LaShawn McCoy, and I give him the slight edge because unlike Le'Veon Bell, it wasn't, hey, I got to worry about him missing five games, six games, four games, two games. Like, it's always, he was out there, and some of those 15-game seasons were because he was rested in week 16. It wasn't like a true, or 17, it wasn't like a true 15, he got hurt type of season. So, I think LaShawn Lesha McCoy is getting disrespected by you a little bit, but definitely by Brandon. <laughs> no, I think it's fair. You can make a good argument for LaShawn McCoy. My problem, I, just I you know, I, yeah, he just did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You made, you made okay. You made a good argument for LaShawn McCoy. Um, 
you know, I look at some of the seasons. So, so in, in 2011, he finished second at, at the fantasy running back position. So you draft him as a top two running back. He followed that year up finishing 18th. So then the next year in 2013, he finishes second. So you draft him as a top two running back and he follows that up by finishing 12th and then 17th the following year in terms of like just consistent longevity and finishing as a, as a relevant fantasy running back. He's right up there among the very best. The one guy I would say that we have not brought up who deserves to be every bit in this conversation. You look at where he's finished in the fantasy running back landscape year over year in the, in the since 2010 is Matt Forte. He has a seven year run where he finished as a top 15 fantasy running back to start the decade. No other running back can match that run for seven straight seasons. The following year, the eighth season, he finished 20th. And then, you know, he kind of faded out his career with the jets, but uh, in half PPR, uh, he was as, as consistent as shady and just as and really just as valuable over that stretch. So I think if you want to, if you want to look at it in, in the lens of, of long of consistent longevity, I think our top two guys have to be Forte and shady. If you want to look at, uh, you know, just major impact over a four year span, like I talked about in the beginning, then I think those other guys come into the conversation. Yeah, it's an, it's certainly two interesting ways uh, to look at it. And Adrian P or uh, Matt Forte, excuse me, uh, just had his uh, receptions record knocked out of the books by Christian McCaffrey last season. Uh, he was a guy who uh, really was able to carry some fantasy teams uh, in the early and middle parts of the decade. But we've got our running backs on this team. We are teaming up Aaron Rodgers with Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson, our two running backs at the all-decade team. We're going to put LaShawn McCoy, um, uh, Matt Forte, Ezekiel Elliott maybe into the flex discussion. Anyone else? We don't we need to dive into him now, but anyone else we want to hold off to the side or be cool to move on to yeah. wide receivers? If, if we're holding them off to the side, I was going to wait for the flex discussion, but put a pin in him too. If we're going to talk about a brief sample, it's three years instead of four like Le'Veon Bell. I don't know how we don't put Todd Gurley in the discussion. Okay. All right. So Gurley's in there as well. Anyone did else? I miss, did I miss Arian Foster? Do I mean, we have I mean, to put Foster Aaron in Foster. there? Aaron Foster's, uh, you know, for a, for the first half of the decade, he was uh, in 2010, number one, then number four, then number three. And then he had the injury half season injury. And then he came back from that finishing number six. So all right, all right. Uh, top six, four, four out of five seasons. That's it. That'll match Le'Veon Bell. All right, we'll put Foster in there too. So we got a lot of running backs. It's been a good decade for yeah, fantasy Foster, football. Foster's worse than Le'Veon Bell. Foster was <laughs> You you knew he was going to get not hurt. Sorry, not by the numbers. Not by the numbers. They were very no, no, similar to your point. No, I'm saying to your point, like the, like we knew Aaron Foster was going to get hurt. That was the most annoying part about it. it was just waiting for the foot, <laughs> the shoe to drop. Similar to Leonard Fournette, like we're still how is he in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, still getting it done. But hey, let's let, let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about those running backs when we get to flex. Got a lot of guys to uh, to get to there. Uh, wide receivers though is where we move this discussion next. Uh, we're thinking about this as a standard uh, fantasy team, so we're talking three wide receivers. And this one, we came to an awfully quick consensus. A lot of great guys at this position, obviously, good guys in the beginning of the decade, good guys at the end of the, the decade, guys who uh, who had longevity throughout the decade. But uh, I believe, want to just double check before I say, yeah, we have uh, the same top three across the board, maybe different order, but we all uh, landed on the same three receivers as the three best for the decade. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Pick any of the three. You can introduce them. Yeah, I'll start with the one that people love to hate again this year because oh, he doesn't score touchdowns. And like, who cares if you're Julio Jones and you're going to put up 
1,400 plus yards every single year and near you know, 80, 90, 100, 100 plus receptions every single year. And oh, just every single year, average 15, 18, 16, 14 fantasy points per year. I mean, Julio Jones was my number one. And that's why, because, you know, 2013, he missed 11 games, but every single year besides that, He's been out there for you know, 16, 16, 16, 15, and a 14. Uh, the 14 was the disappointment. The 15 was they had to kind of check them in that one game to make sure he was okay. But, you know, to get that kind of consistency, that kind of longevity, this day and age, to get 16 games, and for your biggest complaint to be, oh, he doesn't score touchdowns, it just Julio Jones gets way too much hate. I'll like it to somebody that we're going to talk. I know he's going to be on an offside conversation for a different reason. But two years ago in 2017, when we talk about Michael Thomas, is everybody's like, oh, what's wrong with Michael Thomas? He's scoring 13 points a game. Like, <laughs> not every single wide receiver has to score 20 points a game because guess what? Not many of them ever do that period. They can't all be 2007 Randy Moss. Yeah, and I'll I'll throw out uh, the second guy on our list because uh, I don't want to talk about the third guy. So I'll throw out Calvin Johnson, who uh, uh, kind of the same way, just consistency. I mean, he, he didn't play 16 games every year, but he was 14, 15, 16 every year, and he put up the numbers. Um, Calvin Johnson from 2010, and he, and he went out on top in 2015 in his age 30 season, his final season at 1,200 yards. Uh, 88 catches and nine touchdowns, but he had a three-year run where he went 16, uh, 1,681 yards and 16 touchdowns. Then the next season, he had 122 receptions for 1,900 yards, 64, 1,964 yards. He only had five touchdowns. As Jake mentioned, though, when you're catching 122 balls and putting in 1,900 yards, you cannot complain about five touchdowns. They're generally a fickle number, especially for receivers. And then the following year, he had a dozen touchdowns and almost 1,500 yards. But he was every he was every season at least 1,000 yards uh, from 2010 to 2015 with high catch volume and uh, good, mostly good touchdown numbers along the way. Yep, the, the those were uh, those were actually my two and three, with Julio being my two and Calvin Johnson being my three. And Calvin Johnson, I mean. How much fun was that guy to have on your team? That's another thing. Uh, he was just so much fun every single uh, season, year in, year out. And he uh, sort of hit that period, right, where he was like in, like after his best years were after Randy Moss's best years, but before that next wave of wide receivers came into the league. And he was just unquestionably the best receiver, both real life and fantasy, for that four or five-year window. Just a, a ton of fun to have, a ton of fun to watch. Uh, and he makes it onto our all-decade team because of that. Uh, joining up with him. And with Julio Jones, I'm going to go with Antonio Brown as our third receiver. I know that the shine has come off a little bit over the uh, last year or so, but Antonio Brown was a one-man wrecking crew at wide receiver from 2013 all the way through last season. So that is six years, guys. Here was his finish. And this is just half PPR. Uh, just half PPR. Excuse me. Use that because it's become a little bit of the standard in fantasy football leagues. Half PPR, his finish at the wide receiver position from 2013 to 2018. Fifth, first, first, second, second, fifth. And there was just no misses out of Antonio Brown. And uh, the the year-in, year-out consistency in terms of uh, production and games played were there in that entire window. He missed all of four games over those six years. Uh, 1,499 yards, 1,698, hit 1,834 the following season. Double-digit touchdowns in all but one year. And that one that he didn't hit double digits, he gave you nine touchdowns. I mean, every single year uh, he was in there 
giving you huge numbers and was one of the first guys. He, he followed up that, you know, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson uh, uh, trend and became a guy who made it okay to take a wide receiver in the first round because of what he was doing every single season at the wide receiver position. So even though this is super deep of a spot, uh, in the fantasy league, uh, both across an entire decade and in each individual season, we were able to hammer down our top three wide receivers with relative ease, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, and Antonio Brown, the three wide receivers on our all-decade team. Before we move on to tight end, I'm going to throw the same thing out here. Uh, who do we want to put aside to the uh, to the flex discussion? Uh, Jake, let's have, let's have you throw anyone out there that you want there first. Yeah, so real quick, I think Calvin Johnson would have been my number one if we went back two extra years that's the problem with the overlap there like there's somebody another johnson we didn't even bring up andre johnson because too mm-hmm. many of his years but late it just missed this is a weird overlap uh so i'm gonna throw out one who still hasn't played yet this season and if i was him i, I probably wouldn't either if i saw owen <laughs> now 10 team and a rookie quarterback come in but aj green i think the biggest reason i'm making an assumption here and of course brandon you can talk to it i think the biggest reason is similar to the injuries of the other situations like the first three seasons were fine you know they're great and amazing and actually if you just look at his numbers per game he's dominant for seven straight seasons and that's what's so good about him but it's the missed games it was six missed games in 2016 2018 just two years ago misses over the half season and it was not a great it was a decent performance for those six or those nine games but he still missed the extra seven games that year and then this year hasn't even stepped on the field I think maybe the injuries are clouding a little bit and overlooking the fact of how good he was with over a thousand yards almost every single season he almost had a thousand yards even in that 10 game season 10 11 11 let the touchdowns are there AJ Green deserves to be like right in this conversation yeah, that's for me what, what pulled me back. I just think of A.J. Green as a guy who's always questionable, always missing a few games here and there, if not more. Um, you know, he had some great season runs there, and you always – you're going to – but I think the biggest question coming off of his career will be what if, you know, in terms of his ability to stay healthy. What if he was able to do that? What kind of numbers could he have put up? But uh, even with that, he still was an impact player for sure and one of the best uh, of the decade. Uh, I would say that – Really, to me, like the other candidates on this list, all are you. It's really hard to differentiate because, um, you know, I would throw out Michael Thomas. He's just been so consistent, and especially in a PPR since since he's come into the league, he hasn't really had any issues whatsoever. He's been rock solid every season. He just hasn't played a whole lot of seasons yet. Um, Odell Beckham. You look at his first three years in the league, and like no one, no one really, I don't think can can hold up to that all time. It might be the best first three seasons by a receiver ever. And then, uh, you know, and then since then injuries and just poor offensive environment have conspired against him. Uh, And then Deandre Hopkins, who's been, you know, he's had a horrible mess of quarterbacks through the years. And I think if he had Deshaun Watson playing with him the whole time, he would, I think probably have knocked Julio Jones off this list. So um, I think those three, you could make uh, the case among the other guys, but I don't think any, anybody we've talked about really can, can uh, make a strong enough case to break our top three. Yeah, with you there, um, some of the uh, some of the uh, older guys, uh, Jordy Nelson was part of our discussion. Demarius Thomas uh, was definitely a, a factor in the discussion. A couple of guys who had some major standout early seasons who weren't quite able to uh, have enough of a peak to really uh, break into the top three, or even I think with some of the guys uh, that you mentioned, uh, Larry Fitzgerald with his longevity 
through the decade uh, with someone who who made it into our discussion, didn't quite uh, get into it as well. Uh, and I think Michael Thomas, as you said, Brandon, I think he should be someone who we include in the flex discussion as well because of what he's been able to do. The number one receiver over the last four years, the four years that cover the entirety of his career to this point, uh, he's been the number one fantasy receiver, obviously having an incredible 2019 season to follow up what was an incredible record-setting 2018 season. That gets Michael Thomas at least into the flex discussion. But again, to put a bow on wide receiver, it's Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, and Antonio Brown, the wide receivers on our fantasy football all-decade team. Tight end, the easiest one of them all. This was not even a discussion. Uh, Drake, uh, why don't you take it away? Rob Gronkowski. I mean, the the guy was a singular force uh, and made tight end an okay position to take in the first round so long as you were taking Rob Gronkowski. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I never did it. And I, I said I would never do it. And often I traded for Rob Gronkowski. He's number one. But honestly, if we had somebody that would had more consistency, even on his level, you could put them in the conversation. The problem is, it's just he's so dominant while he's out there. And it's tight end. I mean, we were talking about any other position and he falls into the Le'Veon Bell treatment even worse because missed games all the time. I mean, five missed games, nine missed games. Missing a game for two straight seasons for 15, not playing 16, you know, trying keeping him healthy for the playoffs. And then the last three years before he retired, quote unquote, 8, 13, <laughs> 13, like he just always missing games. But again, I go back to the point is like he was just so freaking dominant when he's out there. You're talking about somebody at the tight end position averaging 14, 15 points per game, scoring most weeks. Uh, it's just that's why there's no conversation because tight end, there's nobody putting up those kind of numbers even full for, for full seasons. Yeah, I think um, you're right. I mean, five five seasons with double digit touchdowns, four seasons with a thousand yards. Those are sort of uncommon. There's there was there's tight ends that you know, like Jimmy Graham in the in the beginning half of the of the decade kind of was sort of there with him every once in a while, but just not quite as high of a ceiling for quite as long. It was close, uh, but then he sort of faded away. You look at Antonio Gates, who had more consistency in terms of games played and just like being a, a good contributing top tight end year in and year out. He just never, again, he just never went to the level that Rob Gronkowski did. And I think Gronk did uh, put up big enough numbers over enough of amount of time that he just washes away any of those other tight ends in terms of, uh, you know, legitimate conversation for the, the top guy. Yeah, if, if if Travis Kelsey had started doing what he's done the last couple of years a, a little bit earlier on, if he had just maybe one or two more years, then maybe we could uh, mention him as part of this discussion and uh, it could deepen it a little bit. But uh, there's just no one who competes uh, with Gronk, even with all the injury questions he had, even though, uh, as you said, Jake, he wasn't necessarily always out there for you when you needed him most. Uh, what he gave you when he was out there, and he was out there uh, quite a bit, was just ridiculous wide receiver one level production from the tight end position. It was something that no one could match uh, either in peak or in longevity of that peak. Uh, So Rob Gronkowski, even with all the injuries, uh, is easily the tight end of the decade, 2010 to 2019, the best fantasy football tight end that we saw. So (laughs) we've got our team, right? We've We've got most of our team here. We've got Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback, narrowly edging out. Drew Brees at running back easily our best uh, our best debate our most candidates but we went with Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson wide receiver the top three Julio Jones Antonio Brown and Calvin Johnson and as great as that position is 
No debate there with who should have been our top three. Same goes a tight end with Rob Gronkowski. No debate. Definitely the tight end of the decade. Flex is where we do have a little bit of a debate. I think what we should do here, guys, let's go one by one. So, Jake, you go first, then Brandon, then I'll throw in my two cents. Say who you think this flex player should be and why, and then we'll see if we can come to some sort of (laughs) grudging consensus after we've all uh, said our piece. Yeah, so the problem here is now when we're talking all decade, obviously you want to take multiple seasons into account. And then some similar to my argument against Terrell Davis getting into the Hall of Fame is like, what is a peak? Is it three years is enough? And my biggest argument with that was, well, Tiki Barber had a better three years than Terrell Davis had. So it's kind of you can spin this so many different ways, because if you're just talking about peak and you're talking about this decade and you're talking about two seasons back to back, I mean, Todd Gurley runs away with this, but is two seasons enough for a decade? I I think that four kind of has to be. And to go to that, I think Lynch can jump into the conversation. And I kind of, because I feel like what Brandon's answer is going to be after the discussion we had earlier in the show, we might create a consensus before we even get back to you. But even poo-pooing the injuries for the four years where you didn't have too many injuries to deal with, I kind of feel like it has to be Le'Veon Bell. Oh, I, we can't put him at the flex though, since we already put him at. Yeah, the... Bell's already. Oh, on was the he? Team. Bell's already. He on was the on the team. Back. He's on the team. Oh, I, I, I missed that. I thought those were your picks. Ah, oh, I am so sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, so this so, is to me like I think you're gonna have to end up on shady. No, so that's what I was gonna go back to. Yeah, I think then yeah. that my my pick is Lashawn McCoy. Then that that's not even a conversation. Then for me, it's easy with Lashawn <laughs> right. McCoy. So I, I said I, I said all that. Number one I was just telling you why I was okay with Bell being on the team. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? You would just if Brandon and I were building the team, if we were you know putting the, inputting the players in the lineup, we would just have Bell in a running back spot. You would have McCoy in that running back spot and Bell then at the flex spot. Yes. But it's the same team, top to bottom. Correct. That, that's right. what we're going with here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm okay with Shady as the as the flex. I think I gave him a little bit too harsh a judgment uh, overall. Like I, I, you know, it was my first initial. I was looking at the numbers and was digging in. I, since I've sent in my votes, I kept digging in a little bit more. And you know, you go nine years. What is it? One, two, four, five. Yeah, eight years of top eighteen finishes for Shady. And I, like I said, uh, Matt Forte had basically pretty close to matching that, but Shady had uh, four of those seasons in which he was top four, and Forte really can't match that. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and second that and say I'm, I'm good with Shady being our flex player here. Wow. So no one not even going to give us a debate, Brandon? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to debate Jake's Le'Veon Bell call and say it should be Shady. <laughs> Uh, well that that was the that was the direction i was uh leading and again he was my number three running back behind bell and peterson uh for all the reasons that you guys have said for what jake said why he was his number one play brandon what you just said with the eight straight years of being a top 18 running back and he's really the one guy out of all these guys that we've discussed right who uh has been a major part of our fantasy lives for this entire decade. I guess the quarterbacks as well, but uh, the backs and receivers, the guys who are really eligible for this flex position, he's the one guy who was part of our fantasy lives at the start of the decade and remains part of our fantasy lives at the end of the decade. Uh, The other guy who I really would have uh, considered here who probably would get to my second place vote just because of how great these last four years have been 
would be Michael Thomas because of what he's been able to do um, just every single year of his career, uh, giving you 90-plus catches, 11,100 uh, yards. Uh, the touchdowns haven't been enormous every single season, but it's just been so much consistency out of Michael Thomas. He would be a guy who I would consider Matt Forte, another guy who uh, who definitely deserves consideration. But, uh, yeah, guys, I think we can um, you know sort of uh, easily make this consensus. LaShawn McCoy, the flex play. And can we, agree, can we agree that if it's a super flex, we put Drew Brees in that spot? Oh, absolutely. There we go. Oh, that, yeah. would, that, that would satisfy even more for me. You want to just throw on Peyton Manning for the, the three <laughs> years that carried over? I mean, that's I will say at this entire conversation, I was going to say that my backup for this probably would have been Forte uh, slightly ahead just because of what Brandon brought up earlier. I do because we didn't talk about it. We kind of glossed over him. I just want to go back. Like Marshawn Lynch deserves a lit. Like mm -hmm. if we could go another two running backs, I mean, we could probably create like five running backs of Bell, Peterson, Forte, McCoy, and Lynch right. might still not make the team. But for those four straight seasons to start the decade, it was Marshawn Lynch was that's he's a beast. That's why it's nickname. And plus then we can get that wonderful take of he's just here not to get fined. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, Jake, I'm not going to argue with that as a Seahawks fan. That was one of the most glorious things ever. He finished fifth, fourth, fifth, and fourth over those four years, and he did it with that more. That might be one of the best runs ever. Yeah, I mean, it's real. it was really good, and uh, and he has the coolest nickname on this, uh, on you know, that we've talked about among all these guys, although Megatron would be right up there mm -hmm. with him. But uh, when, you, when you have a name like Beast Mode and Megatron, I kind of feel like you – deserve to be on the list <laughs> yeah Marshawn Lynch yeah. a tough one to cut there's a lot of tough ones to cut. I mean even the, like we barely even touched on the more recent guys but like I mean what Ezekiel Elliott's done in his in his brief career compared with a, a you know talking about an entire decade uh is, is right there right if like, he doesn't I mean, get suspended if he doesn't get suspended then he has probably a better four-year run than than Marshawn Lynch yeah yeah and where we're going to be, who's going to fall into a trap of if you do the, like you said, the 2020 of getting the late 2000 teens and then the early 2020s will be Christian McCaffrey at this rate. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to, well, maybe we'll do this again in uh, in five years. And so it'll be, uh, you know. The last not, decade. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the most recent 10 years. We'll call it that all decade team. So we can get, uh, we can make sure that, uh, you know, New Hopkins doesn't lose out on, you know, having half of his year split. Or, or Zeke, guys like that, so they can get their just due on these uh, on these all decade teams. I, I like it. <laughs> all right, Jake. Uh, before we before we wrap it up here, who's the kicker of the decade? <laughs> you can't see, but I'm saying there's number one. There is one. I'm just, you just can't see. <laughs> all right, and Steven Gostowski wraps up our uh, our all decade team. Here right. at the athletic. All right, one more time to uh, to run this all the way down for you guys. It's Aaron Rodgers, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, Rob Gronkowski, and LaShawn McCoy, the flex, the all decade fantasy football team. If you have uh, other opinions, we'd love to hear them for sure. You can get us on Twitter. You can get uh, Jake at All and Kid, Brandon at Brandon Funston, me at M. Beller, and feel free to throw these ones at our athletic fantasy sports account as well that is the athletic fs thank you again for listening i hope it's been uh, fun for you it was certainly fun for us to put this all together uh, check out the athletic.com slash the ranking show to get 40 percent off an annual subscription and as we say always yes this is a, a special one but as we always say in the ranking show check the link be sure to check out jake's rankings we are at a very pressure-packed time 
for fantasy football. You want to have the best information that you can possibly have before you set your lineups, be they for one week or one decade. For Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks for listening.